It's lovely to speak with Emily and Dean again. She has changed her life since we last talked. So I really wanted to talk to you again, Emily, and to just catch up on what's going on in your life and, and all the exciting things that are happening for you. So thank you for joining me from your van. Yes. Hello, Margaret. Thanks for having me today. So so do you want to tell us, Emily, about the, the journey that you've been on and maybe just give us an overview of what's happened in your life the past few months for you? Yeah, of course. So when we last spoke, I was shooting photography alongside my day job. And I always had the dream of doing photography full time, but never really being brave enough to take that leap. So last year, at the start of the year, myself and my wife, we decided to have a major life change and we decided to buy a van and we wanted to travel around the UK and be able to tie that in with my photography as well. So there was two major changes last year, huge leap of faith going into photography full time and also giving up our house and selling or giving away about 90% of our belongings, buying a van and moving into it. So we kind of did it all at once, which was a little bit scary, but very exciting. So yeah, last summer we embarked on the journey and we kind of, we've been traveling around the UK. So we got all the way up to Scotland and we've done a lot of the South Coast as well and everything in between. And it just means that I can travel with my photography work so I can be wherever I need to be for any potential work. It's been an exciting but scary process over the past year or so. So it sounds like um, a dream for a lot of people, actually. That sounds like a dream life. And I suppose I'd like to get into the ins and outs of it a little bit, because I know having had a van for the past 10, 12 years, that it often looks absolutely wonderful, but you can have some really hard times in a van. So the reality of it can be very different, but it's also wonderful so I'm, I'm keen to get your take on you know the, the hard times versus the the brilliant times and the, the free lifestyle that you're, you're now living yeah I, th- I think you're right there's there's two sides to it and I think especially with the whole like van life culture and you look on Instagram and you see all these amazing pictures of oh I've woken up to this sunrise view across the beach <laughs> and all these these fantastic things and yeah, you can make that happen, but there is also like the the more difficult side of it as well. So it's it's an adventure. It's definitely an adventure <laughs> having the two two sides. So when we first moved into the van, for example, we had a leak from one of our pipes in the bathroom. So we were on our way to a festival and realised we had to do something about it there's nobody else you can call on so we had to do something about it ourselves so we ended up at screw fix buying the equipment that we needed and the toolkit to try and fix this leak and we did it and then we carried on about our way so it's 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 very educational living in a van I think it is a full-time job in itself to be honest of all, all the fixes and all the chores that you have to do but yeah then on the other hand you can have the ultimate freedom of being wherever you want to be wake up wherever you want to wake up it's not quite as easy in England with all the rules and, and where you can park. So there are a couple of great apps for that, though, for kind of having a look. And then obviously in Scotland, it's much more flexible. So we found it much easier when we're up in Scotland for places to park for the night. But yeah, so there's definitely two sides to it. And I find that 
that's all part of the end and what's what does make it all really exciting it's it's really interesting isn't it we've had sort of similar experiences i guess i'm on a different path i'm just about to give up my van well i was going to sell it a, a wee while ago and then i realized how useful a van is for moving things in <laughs> so i only ever did it kind of you know, when it was working and sort of three three nights was my limit. <laughs> I was kind of like, I want to go home after three nights. And it was cold and, you know, and it's in the winter and you're cold and you're like, oh, you're just, you're tired of, of looking for showers and things like that. <laughs> Wet things hanging around the van. So hats off to you. <laughs> so how did you find this winter? Yeah, so well, we obviously starting in the summer, you kind of go into it and everything's lovely and you know it's it gets dark late at night and you you sat around outside meeting new people and and just enjoying the warmth and then when winter came just had this harsh reality of how cold it was actually getting and frost on the inside of the windows when you wake up in the morning and yeah I'm not gonna lie I found that incredibly hard and I've said I'm not sure if I want to do another winter in the van in the UK whether we should drive to kind of south portugal or southern spain or something something a bit warmer maybe chase the sun for the winter but yeah that i found that incredibly hard but then the, the amazing experiences in the summer kind of outweigh that and, and you kind of i'm sure we're going to forget about the hardships of winter over the next few months yeah i suppose i think that's quite a good idea because there's a real sort of there's a lot of van van people and van people people who, li- who live in vans in in spain portugal it's quite it's quite well set up isn't it so i can imagine that would be far pleasanter than than being in the uk in the winter months do you, do you have heating in the van then yeah we have got heating it's uh, a gas heater so we've got those lpg units so you just need to go into one of those petrol stations and refill but it's quite rare there's only three places i think on the south where we are um so we're kind of bournemouth based mostly um and around this area there's only like three petrol stations within a couple of hour radius that have lpg so we found that actually that was quite hard <laughs> um especially when they run out over winter because it's in such high demand and it's quite hard to get hold of i didn't realize that was going to be an issue Wow. That's that's yeah. That's one of the things you don't think of, isn't it? And the other thing that that always used to strike me is how long it took to do, to like to get up in the morning and just to do the basics. You know, at home it'd just be like, well, you get up, you have a shower, and you have your breakfast. But in a van, everything takes like an hour, doesn't? <laughs> By the time you've moved everything around and then put <laughs> yeah. it all back, is, was that just me, or because there's two of you and and animals, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, you're completely right. Your routine, your old routine from in the house kind of doesn't apply anymore. So we'll be waking up in the morning and then, because our, our bed is kind of over the cab, so it kind of pulls down. So there's the whole bit of making your bed, pushing it up, you know, taking all the blinds down. And if it's in the winter and it's like wet or frosty, there's getting rid of all that with the window hoover. Yeah, there's all of that before you can even think about putting the kettle on. <laughs> so it can can be quite a long process and then it takes like an extra half an hour to get out of bed yeah it takes so much longer but yeah it's 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 good because in a van we've got a toilet I know some people in the vans without a proper toilet so that's one bonus but we did have a shower but because we changed the bathroom to be a composting toilet so that we didn't have any nasty chemicals to get have to get rid of it meant that we were building a toilet out of wood so the shower in there we can't use because it would ruin the wood so 
that's taken away our showering facilities within the van. But I guess it's just one of those sacrifices we had to make because I think as well, if you're having a shower, you're using a lot of water. So there's the whole element of how much water can you actually carry on board. So yeah, living quite a minimal life really <laughs> with minimal amounts of water as, as possible. It's a great thing though, isn't it? To, to live more minimally, as you just said, you know, with um, keeping everything more simple. Do you, do you feel that then it's like life has maybe changed, your outlook on life has changed? Because I certainly know that when I was in the van in the short periods of time that I had, um, everything was, I was more creative, definitely, because I had more space because there's not the stuff around to distract you. And I also know that I was more grateful. I, I think there was a lot of, I was felt very grateful when I came out of it and went in somewhere where you could just pop a kettle on. And so it was simple. It was easy. But but it's almost like it was worth doing. It's, it's almost like you have to do that. You have to experience that to realise how amazing things are that we have other people take for granted so if I would sometimes get a night if it was really damp I'd, I'd take a, a B&B and you'd go in like oh I can just fill up the kettle you don't have to think about water <laughs> and pop it on you don't have to think about the electricity and, and it just the, the world seems amazing to you <laughs> do you feel that as well or is it just me <laughs> Yeah, you're completely right. It it does. You find this new sense of gratitude for all the simple things. And I look back to like when I, when I was living in the house. Yeah, you don't think twice about having a shower, putting the kettle on, running the tap. There's so many things that you just take for granted living in a house. And then when you're in the van, you kind of treasure those little moments. Like you say, then when you do get a night somewhere else, you really, really you know, you feel everything and feel a deep gratitude for everything. But I think even just living, living more simply, like you said, it frees up more space for you to be creative, less distractions. I remember when we were leaving the house and had so many things, just so many clothes, so many trainers, so many bits around the house that we didn't necessarily use. And you kind of feel like you need those things. But then when you're going through the process of having to get rid of them and and realising what are you actually attached to and why are you attached to it. You, you get this new realisation of what you actually need in your life. Um, so I've, I've hardly got anything. <laughs> Just my camera gear. I couldn't get rid of any of that. <laughs> well, so then if you, you've literally got all your belongings in that, that van, do you? You don't have any storage or anything? Yeah, so we have a, a suitcase each at my mum's. So there were some things that we just couldn't get rid of, but didn't want to bring with us. So we both have one suitcase, just, you know, just the little thing from when you were a child or I don't know. Yeah, just just important things that you, you can't get rid of. But at the same time, you don't have the space for. So we've, we've both got something in my mum's loft. And yeah, other than that, I think we've done really well with the amount we, we, we managed to shed. Yeah, it was just a quite a long process of... We, sold a lot of things but then it came down to the last couple of weeks or whatever was left and we would just donate quite a lot to charity or quite often we put a, a box outside the house free stuff everyone walking past would come and take a look and just take what they wanted and it felt quite nice just being able to pass things on that's that's great it's it's really nice to hear that I've been doing the same thing for quite a while but 
not necessarily because I have to, because I've gone from one house to, I've gone from a big house to a smaller house, but I kind of wanted a new, a fresh start with, with not much, I think thing, things overwhelm me and I'd rather have less and I always feel a bit freer with less, but it's really difficult, isn't it? So I, I think it's amazing what you've done and it kind of encourages me on a little bit. I think that the less stuff we have, the, the more free we are in some ways. So I've I've not quite moved yet, so I've got my, my whole house is packed up into a small shed at the moment. Um, but I do have to say most of it's photography and business stuff. So I don't really have much, much else. So I, I found that quite hard in terms of getting that down to the basics. So I don't know how you're doing it in a van. I really, really don't. I've got too many cameras, I think, maybe. It's definitely a, definitely a hard process. I mean, I would just, for example, with my wardrobe, I'd do one cull and then the next week do another cull and then the next week did another one. And I found it really hard to just do it all at once. I found it was a, a slow process for me. But then the more you do, the, the lighter you feel, I guess, mentally the less stuff you have around you, it does feel feel like a, a new sense of freedom. That's, that's just brilliant. I think that's that's amazing. So what do you think it's it's given you? Has it given you more financial freedom, I suppose, would be the thing, because you no longer, you know, the, the, the house is no longer there, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know if it was, it was rented or it was your own, but it's not, not a burden anymore. So that it's just the van cost. So has it given you freedom in a financial sense or in not having so much stuff or uh, not having to work I suppose what's the biggest gift it's given you I think that the the biggest gift is probably how so both myself and my wife we used to work in insurance so we both had corporate jobs and I was doing the photography as well but like I mentioned it was never enough to to solely rely on really as an income so I guess the, the the ultimate freedom it's given us is that we can now do what what we enjoy doing to make the money that we need to travel with. So I can I can just do my photography, and I can put more effort effort into that as well. So before I was just doing the the few jobs that came to me, but now I can can physically get out there and, and look for photography work that makes me happy or that inspires me. And I also have more time to do my personal projects as well. So, yeah, I can put a lot more time into focusing on photography. So it's kind of, I think by freeing us up financially, it's given us more options as to how we want to spend our days. Just for example as well, my wife, she makes macrame earrings and coasters and, and all kinds of things. And it's given her that creative outlet now that she has a time to put into this and she can sell a few of her pieces and you know, we can both do what we want to do creatively, which I think is the dream coming from sitting in front of a desk, working for someone else Monday to Friday, nine to five, just to have that creative outlet that you can do something you really, really love and make some money out of that as well. And I think by not having the house, we we only rented the house, but you know, the costs of renting and all the bills that go with that, you know, that was kind of, we lived month to month on our, our paycheck. You kind of knew that a lot of that was being put back into where you live so yeah the the expenses for the van are fairly minimal so as as long as I'm earning enough to keep us going and and you know between us we've got enough to get by and do what we want to do then we're happy yeah it's it 
that's the ultimate freedom, isn't it? And again, it's it's parallel in something that's happening with me at the moment as well. I, I've downsized massively, so it's given me, it's life changing for me. I don't have to be um, under that massive pressure, a bit like you actually. And it was a different pressure because I didn't have a full time job. It was the photography was full time, but the, the need to earn was very, very high. And that suddenly lifted for me. And I've just, I think, I'm feeling what you're feeling. That, that freedom to be creative and that's oh, it's just everything I've ever wanted actually and uh, looking ahead the time gifting the time back to me to do the things that I've always wanted to do so very similar we've just done it very, a bit differently but I, I understand what you're talking about I, I understand that and I get it and I, I can see how wonderful that is for you to have to have achieved that because coming from a, a full-time job it's you, you know you're you're somebody who's who's born to be creative and be in the water, aren't you? And it's a shame if you don't get that that opportunity to really fully pursue that, which you can now, I suppose. So tell me how that's going. I was just going to say, I think that because life is so short, isn't it? Like life flies past so quickly. And, and I think if any of us have the chance to do what we want to do, or if you want to live a bit differently, or you want to pursue something, but you're scared or you haven't got time or you're worried about things and you know there's so many pressures from society I think isn't there if you're given an opportunity to to kind of go down a different path and investigate something a little bit different that might be really exciting or intriguing you might learn things along the way I think that's so important and yeah I think that's kind of what spurred us on to be honest the realization that life's too short to not do what you want to do and when you touch on that the the society's pressures you know we don't we don't know we don't have to live like we're supposed to live and that that definition of what's successful is it's we can just change that we and people like you it's great to see because you're you know you're showing other people that being successful is is being having the freedom to to live the life in the way that you want to and you're just you're just doing it. It's great. I think it's, I think we need more people showing that in a real way. I I think the problem with fan life is that sometimes it's a little bit kind of fake, I suppose. And I I really don't like that. You mentioned that at the beginning, didn't you? Where there's always a a, a girl and a a golden Labrador, isn't there? And they're, they're always kind of like, it's always sunny in the park, right by the water, like literally in the water. And they've got a cup of hot chocolate and swirling around. So, you know, less of less of that and more of more of the reality because it is an amazing way to live so I think what you're doing on um, social media is great and I was actually reading your you're doing a little blog aren't you I think that's lovely so will you be sharing more of that is that something that you want to do share more of the lifestyle yeah definitely I I really really enjoy writing and I love it when I can kind of tie that in with photography and I think what it's worth highlighting when we when we started doing this adventure last year we wanted to be able to share our experience and we wanted to show the good stuff but also the real stuff too and so we launched a youtube and what we realized after doing two videos is that neither us neither of us find it very natural or are any good at it so i've decided to leave that one to the side where it is and i thought actually i don't have to be on youtube showing things um my passions are writing alongside the photography so actually that's how i'm going to tell the world what I want to tell them or show them so I've decided I can write a lot of blogs anyway but I've decided that I want to share more about 
living in the van and and what that looks like and yeah so I've started blogging so I would started one just to say about the you know the introduction to van life why we chose the van we did and and how we did that so I've kind of been journaling over the last eight months or so and I thought it'd be really cool to take sections of my journal so it's quite personal but maybe you know I don't have to share it all I can choose what I want to share but I can share sections of it just to show you know a daily update of how how we might live you know all the chores you have to find somewhere to do your laundry find somewhere to shower and you know all of those bits as well so yeah I am going to put together a, a blog that's kind of covering maybe the first six months or so and just choose some of my journal entries just to show how you know the real side of, of what that looks like but yeah I love writing so I hope to share a lot more in that way. That's great I agree with you about YouTube it's it's, it's a, yeah it's a certain type of social media isn't it and I mean I do a little bit of it but it takes so much energy it takes so long and you do have to question don't you why you're doing things and whether you're enjoying them whether that's your natural media I do actually enjoy it actually YouTube and, and get, it's getting easier easier each time I do it but it's you don't have to you don't have to do anything you just you choose what's right for you rather than being pigeonholed into what you know everybody does and I suppose there's a lot of youtubers that do van life I suppose so it might be might feel like the natural place to be but actually um, your blogs are really nice and your images are stunning so that's that's a great way to go thank you yeah I'll stick with that route then I think because before we went into in the van we watched a lot of youtube and i found that it it was really it looked really glamorous and and i feel like there wasn't enough of the real stories but then i guess at the same time you can't share lots of videos of things going wrong can you because people don't really want to watch that so uh, so i i understand why youtube makes it look so glamorous I understand why people do it film it in that way but yeah I'm just not natural you know on the camera kind of in front of the camera or just putting it all together I'm not not really a videographer so yeah I'll stick with what I'm I'm best at I think yeah, it's, a, it's a learning curve and I, I purposely did it and it took it's taken years of learning it but that's because I wanted to do it so it's different I, I just have you ever have you heard of Substack is that something you're interested in no, I haven't. No, what's that? Well, it's a, it's a, I've been hearing a little bit more about it. It's a writing platform. So I don't really know that much more about it. I joined it, but it's basically for writers. So it seems it's like social media that's not social media, but for, for writing. And I think it's be be interesting to explore that. I really probably shouldn't be mentioning on here without knowing exactly what it is, but it, it just keeps coming up. Uh, so so maybe go off and have a wee Google on that because it might be something of interest to you if you enjoy writing. So I need to I need to take some more time to explore it. I think it's always good to keep an eye on these new things that are slightly different and just, you know, sort of see where they're going, whether they're suitable and not be just taken with the things that we think we should do, like, you know, fun life is YouTube. <laughs> so so tell us about the photography and how that's going, because I'm interested to hear. Obviously, it's, it must be quite difficult, is it, to 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 be traveling all the time and trying to, you know, marry that with with earning as well through the photography. Yeah, so before when I had a, another job with the reliable income and I, and I was just shooting 
landscapes. I was just shooting in the sea because I absolutely love the ocean and, and that kind of went hand in hand with my passions. And I was shooting a few weddings. So I was kind of just taking on what I could at that time. And then when we were going full time into this and I could push myself to be a full time freelance photographer, it was really a case of just being able to take on more weddings and just trying to market myself down that route. And then I realised I quite enjoyed shooting for brands. So I found not not kind of like studio or commercial, but more outdoor in nature, fitting with my lifestyle and what I was doing every day. I found there was quite a few brands that were looking for content. And so I started going down that route. So I was building my portfolio probably from about two, three years ago to, to get to a point where it, it kind of tied in nicely with going off in the van and that I could market myself as to whether I, you know, wherever I was going to be in the country or even abroad and, and start approaching brands myself, trying to sell myself. So I've, I've sent a lot of emails. So what I've learned is that it's not all just about being out taking pictures. There's so much more to it. And I was teaching small workshops as well, even before I left my other job. So it's quite good down here on the south coast in Dorset in the winter because you've got the sun rising and setting out at sea. So I did quite a few workshops over the winter period when I knew that I was going to be local here. So that was another avenue. So what I'm just finding is there's so many income avenues that need exploring. And I just love photography. So as much as you know my passion is nature if I can kind of document people or things out in nature that help me to earn an income then that's an avenue that I'll explore as well so I've even gone down like the documentary route of, of photographing um, in coffee shops I've taken it into like local independent businesses like barbershops places like that so I just love capturing moments in time so whether that's you know, people or whether that's out in nature, I just have a passion for shooting all of it. So it's kind of just learning how I can work my way through all these things and, and navigate an income. And I've kind of just thrown myself into it and learning as I go, to be honest with you. But yeah, there's, I mean, he's even like over the summer, we're doing festivals and I'm, I'm putting myself forward to photograph some festivals. Some are really small and don't have a budget, so it might be an exchange of tickets and food in exchange for a few hours of photography or so I'm just navigating through this as well. And and I think that's that's another pleasure of the freedom of van life and having a lower expenses is the fact that I can work my way through all these things and I don't have to feel the pressure of oh I need to earn a certain amount each month. Of course, I need to earn enough. I need to earn enough food and diesel and, you know, all the, the rest that goes with life. But, you know, having a lower expense bracket, I guess you could say, then, I, you know, I can kind of figure out what I'm going to do with my work through that time. And it's, yeah, it just feels quite a nice freeing way of, of navigating through my experience of photography and, and I guess building a portfolio as I go through all these avenues. And yeah, who knows what the future holds? I think f with photography, there's always something to learn. Yeah, I, I'd imagine that you've got that freedom now. And what, what will happen is if you can align yourself with the things that are very in, in tune with your, your values in life. So you as a person and your values and who you are. Um, and if you can start shooting that in that way and for those type of people that's when you're going to you're going to hit on something 
that's going to be right for you because you've got the space to do it. So you're not forced into doing the things that necessarily aren't quite in line with you. Does if that make sense? So I think what will happen is that you'll you'll find your your path, like you know, and it's going to be. I'll do a little prediction for you. It's going to be something that's around being being out living this life that you're living outdoors and the water and you seem to be quite leaning towards that kind of ocean brand type thing and maybe you know maybe you'll find you'll find the companies that are really in line with what you what you believe in as well and I think that's when we get to we get closer to what we're supposed to be doing in life when you when it reflects you as a person if that makes sense so if I look at you I think, oh, Emily, oh, you'd be shooting for Billabong or, or I'm just trying to think or some, you know, surf, surf I don't know, surf festivals or, or, or whatnot. And then 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 it matches you and it matches your lifestyle. And then it all gets like really wonderfully in tune and life becomes brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think you're exactly right with with what you say around kind of finding whether it's a brand or people that align with your values, I think that's that's probably that's hit the nail on the head. Really, I don't feel the pressures that you know you have to go after every single job you can because you need the money. It's more going down the route of finding the work that aligns with my values and my beliefs, and those things seem to fit quite naturally. Then, and I think you're right about how then the the brands that are also looking at that approach the alignment seems to work really well and and kind of happen quite naturally yeah I don't know if that's a a coincidence or whether it's just the energies matching I I don't know yeah I think I think you've gone and you've set your life up in a way that you can now allow that in you've got the space to allow that in whereas if you're working and you're having to pay you know a, a big mortgage or whatever all these expenses and you have to you have to bring money in so you have to take the jobs that don't fit and you you end up getting stuck in that and I, I know this because I've done it so you know I'm speaking from experience here. so all the you know the interior architectural commercial jobs that I've done you know they don't clearly you, you look at me and you don't think like <laughs> you know fancy interiors do you and it didn't fit and it becomes pain it becomes painful and it doesn't doesn't fit with yourself and you don't find joy in it and then it it doesn't it doesn't resonate and the, the images don't resonate and you don't do well because you don't put your heart and soul into it you might just go through the motions of doing it um, but it's never going to be the, the right thing that fits with your life. Whereas what you've done is you've gone away and you've got you've you've created this space and you've said, well, if I can lower all these expenses, then I can be be open. I've got this this chance to be open to to doing the right only the right things, and that's when you'll you'll hit on something that will stand out to you, or somebody will come to you because of what you're putting out there, and and it's it's going to be good. So we'll, we'll be watching. <laughs> Yeah, and I think you're right. If you put your heart and, and soul into something, then you can't really go wrong, can you? Because your passion will always come through. And I think I think that's really obvious. And I think, you know, there's quite a few photographers that I follow, and yourself included, just the whole, it's the whole connection with the ocean. And obviously you love that. And you, I think that comes through in your work and and you know when you put your posts up what you write about it and there's that whole element and I and I see that in you and I see that in other photographers that I follow so I always hope that that comes through from me as well that I'm just 
doing what I love and I think that's that's the most important thing isn't it it is it, it really is yeah and it's important I've I've been well I've not always known this important not to be draining yourself continually with the stuff that doesn't fit but you know needs must sometimes and that's that's a different story isn't it but if we can place ourselves in a better place in the the world of what we need then and that and that involves in you know what you've done you limiting your possessions you're not you're not needing the you know the fancy cars and the the, the you don't need any cars do you because you've got your van. <laughs> but yeah not, not not needing the things in life so there's less less demand so then you're, you're more free to connect to to what you you believe in and what you you, you value and and where you, you sort of you're free I suppose creatively so I think it's great I really do think it's great that you're, you're doing this and I suppose it's coming from on a time that I'm feeling like I'm doing this as well in, in a different way so there's not one set way as uh, somebody else might find a different way to, to feel like they're living in line with what they really want to do. Yeah, and I think that's what's important, isn't it? Everyone's path looks different, but as long as you're doing what you want to do and and you feel that passion, and yeah, that that's what's important, isn't it? Doing something for yourself. Exactly. So, what do you think the future's holding for you? Are you going to keep travelling in your van? Is it something that you're looking as a, a sort of semi long term thing? Yeah, well, we kind of went into it and said, you know, we we might love it and we might do it for 10 years or more, or we might not. We might do it for six months, not enjoy it, or we might do a couple of years and think, okay, we've had enough of that now. I think we've gone into it with no expectations, which is probably the best place to be, isn't it? Because you never know what the future holds. You never know how you're going to feel about something. But I think we'll just keep doing this while we enjoy it and I find every day quite exciting and and every day is quite different and like we've touched on there's definitely challenges but then once you've overcome those challenges you feel better and stronger for it you learn something along the way like I said the winter was hard so I'm not sure what next winter is going to look like for us whether we will go exploring further afield or whether we might just take more trips like for example we just got back from Turkey we just needed a couple of weeks away from the van and I had a couple of shoots there as well so we literally went with backpacks if we can perhaps do some things like that over winter then that might break up the cold (laughs) there's so many options isn't there I just think that yeah, we're just going to keep doing it for as long as we enjoy it, basically. So yeah, what that looks like, who knows? We could chat again in a year's time and it might be completely different. <laughs> I just don't know. But that's that's kind of the excitement with it too, I think. It's a great way of looking at it, isn't it? And I think, yeah, we will definitely catch up. We nearly caught up in Scotland, but you had a bit of a, a problem with your van, didn't you? It was, or was it the terrible storm we had? I can't remember. Yeah, we were so close, <laughs> so close. We we travelled up and everything was fine until we got to Sky, and there was a, a major storm and we were coming down off one of off a mountain, and the wind was blowing up, and it was trying to rip off our skylight, and we've basically got it's quite an old van, so it's nineteen ninety four Heimer, so it, it's quite old. It's got a big skylight in the in the roof and. Yeah, it was it was basically being ripped up and down and it was juddering and, and we were quite scared because we thought if this gets ripped off, this leaves a huge hole in the top of the van and 
you know, it's raining, the, the weather was absolutely awful. So, it, yeah, we can look back now and see it as part of the adventure. But obviously at the time, it was it was horrendous. And I remember we, we pulled over on this road on Sky just thinking, what, what what do we do? <laughs> I don't know what to do. And this, this couple, a German couple were passing in their van and they pulled over and they said, are you okay? Obviously he'd seen us driving about five miles an hour <laughs> and then saw us pull over. And they just, you know, there was nothing they could do, but they said to us, go to the end of this road, there's a campsite, we'll follow you there, make sure you get there safely. And then I'm sure the, the campsite might be able to help. So again, like the kindness of strangers, isn't it? Just the people you meet along the way. And so they followed us to the campsite and the, the people at the campsite were so helpful. They got a massive rope out, wrapped it around the van until the storm passed. And we, we basically had an afternoon before another storm was coming. So they, they said to us, we suggest you probably leave Sky right now and come back another time when the weather's better. So yeah, we left Sky. We, we headed to Loch Ness, which meant that it cut our, our trip short because we were going to do a lot of the north coast, some of the islands. We were going to then travel down and do Loch Ness and Cairngorms and, and other things. But, yeah, it cut our trip majorly short. So we ended up leaving Scotland a bit earlier than planned, which was a shame because I was hoping to meet up with you. And, yeah, we were going to meet up at, in Loch Ness at the same time. But that that was a real shame. Well, maybe some other time when the weather's a bit better. <laughs> I can... we, we definitely want to revisit Scotland. It hasn't hasn't ruined everything, but maybe we won't go when it's going into stormy season in winter. <laughs> yeah, it can, be, it can be a bit rough, I suppose, up here. So <laughs> pick your times. <laughs> I think when you can when you can go back to a house or, you know, you've got a hotel or an Airbnb, it changes everything, doesn't it? Because you don't mind getting soaked and you don't mind the horrendous weather because you can go back, get dry, get warm. But I think when you're in the van, you're kind of, you are at one with nature. You can feel every time the wind blows, you can hear the rain hammering down, which is lovely in some respects. But when it's bad, it, it can be quite intense. Yeah, I've got stuck quite a few times in the van because I've been travelling and maybe, you know, ferries aren't sailing and whatnot. So I end up in the van and uh, you just always have to park really strategically because because of the wind. And then there's been so many times when I've woken up going, oh, can vans you know fall over with wind and then you and then your mind's going like oh it's it's really really going now you know but I don't think they do fall over I've never mine hasn't anywhere yet but I think it's the psychological thing behind isn't it when it's really it's really rough I quite, I quite like it to a certain degree and it rocks you to sleep a little bit yeah we were, we were googling what 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 does the the wind have to be to blow the van? Oh yeah, yeah. Good old Google in the middle of the night. I think the answer was like over a hundred miles an hour, so it wasn't quite there. But brilliant. No, no, exactly. I, it just it just feels like you could do. It. So you've completely got rid of your van. You're not going to be adventuring in it at all now. Well, I've still got it, but because it's such a good van, it's such a good runner. It's just a brilliant vehicle and it just keeps going and going and I quite like the ferries and sometimes they're not sailing so it's quite nice to have somewhere to sit you know in the in the back to have a little rest or maybe sleep overnight to wait for the ferry in the morning if I'm going off the island so I'm not sure but I don't think I'll be doing the I certainly won't be doing the trips in it anymore but you know mostly they were work trips 
So, you know, it wasn't all fun when I was travelling. It was mostly for for weddings and work. So I won't be doing that anymore. And I won't be sorry to see them go either. (laughs) So I suppose my experience of it is slightly different. Um, But I'm happy to give it up now. My my time in, in the van is in, is enough so I'll leave that to you and I'll watch your journey Rachel. oh it was it was lovely to catch up with you and we'll, well we'll catch up again maybe in another year maybe sooner <laughs> it'd yeah. be really nice to catch up and see how you're doing again but in the meantime we'll be following you so I think you you've got a few Instagram accounts so do you want to just tell us your Instagram accounts so we can follow your journey as well and maybe Carol's Instagram as well that would be yeah of course yeah so I'm just Emily Undine Photography on Instagram that's where I post all of my work and then we also have an account which we started to follow the never-ending story so yeah and there's also oh yeah not forgetting Carol's macrame as well if you want to check out Carol's creations but you can find any of the accounts and you'll probably see them all linked to each other anyway please do come and have a look if anyone's got any questions or thinking of doing the same thing please do drop me a message it's always good to chat with like-minded people that's wonderful well i'll be following you so thank you so much for for joining me again from the van thank you margaret thanks for having me